welcome back to the FPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always with me is Smokey. How you doing, man? What's going on, Kev? It's a big hype day. You know, I, we're, we're a little late in recording this, so it's, uh, it's St. Patrick's Day, by all counts. And, and Tourney uh, Day. And the NCAA tournament for anybody in the States starts today, so it's a good day to stop wearing clothes. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've already had to program multiple wardrobe changes throughout the day. Uh, to look professional, to have my Spurs stuff on for when we lose to Dortmund, and to have <laughs> my UK stuff on uh, for what will hopefully be a win in the NCAA tournament tonight. Uh, but, you know, we should probably talk about, I don't know, like fantasy soccer or football. Might as, depending might on as well. I mean, it's, you know, it's, that's what people tune in for. We're wasting their dimes, you know? Well, do, they, people call, do they pay it, a dime? For, is, this, is this like the uh, phone booth of podcasts? Yeah, people call in from print from like Sing Sing, and they get like you know they get eight minutes, and mm-hmm. they keep depositing dimes, and they they get some FPL uh, advice and uh, general debuggery. Do you remember those old like phone offers, like ten ten two twenty and all that yeah. stuff? Yeah. What what was that all about? I don't even know. I think it's for isn't it for long distance. Interesting. There was another one too, but it was uh, less it, popular. Anyway. I, <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea. I I barely even owned a phone. So. I don't even know what phones are. And with that, we will start price changes. Um, I really only had a couple of questions this week. Uh, the bigger names that have gone up: Kane, Arnautovic, Fuchs, and Sigurdsson. Uh, Arnautovic is the only one that I I have a little bit of question marks about. He does have three goals in his last five matches, but they were on just five shots on target, which is unsustainable. And he's only created two chances, which is pretty strange considering that was largely how he was uh, being helpful towards his team earlier in the season. You can kind of take it one of two ways, either that he's gotten lucky or that the stats will regress to the mean, meaning that he will have more shots on target and more chances created to back that up. But I know he's your boy. What what are your thoughts on Arnie at the moment? The the thing with Arnautovic to me is, uh, I know we talked a couple months ago how the midfield ranks and the usable guys there seem to flatten out a little bit where you had an abundance of guys that you could use. Now there's seems like there's an overabundance of guys. There's so many guys that you want to get in there at, at decent price points, you know, in that below anything below Alex chances is a good price point because he's 10 dot, whatever. Um, but you know, even, you know, Payet is still moderately priced and Arnautovic and Bell and, um, William, all those guys fall into like that, that middling bracket, but they're all guys that you want on your team. The thing that I like about Arnautovic is, uh, you know, he is the focal point for Stokes' attack. Uh, they don't really have a, a, you know, a striker or the tip of the spear guy that you can rely on for fantasy. So he falls into that price point. Basically, you know, he's somebody – you're basically buying the best player on Stoke who has the best chance to score from week in and week out at a 6.6 price tag, which basically is awesome because if he was a striker and he was 6.6, you'd be all over it and he'd be on your team every week. But he's a midfielder and he's 6.6, so you have to compare him to other, you know, moderately priced guys like the Williams and the fa- the other fantasy guys that pr- you know produce similar outputs. You know, I'm not really concerned about his strike rate and what he does on goal because when you watch Arnautovic, Arnautovic is one of those guys, and I said this when 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 John Whaling was on the show. Uh, I, I love Arnautovic only because he looks like he plays like like a Flintstone character. Like he all he does is like <laughs> hit the ball hard and it goes someplace, and sometimes it goes. It stops and it hits the back of the net. So from that standpoint, Arnautovic is is a decent midfield option. I'm not really worried about his you know his net outcome, how many how much he produces in games. Um, his schedule for the end of the year is is pretty decent. I mean he's got Watford, Swansea, Liverpool, Spurs, City, and then it, the schedule kind of flattens out. Sunderland, Crystal Palace, West Ham. Um, you know people uh, who are listening to this podcast are probably like, when are they going to get to the, uh, the wild card and what should we do and who should we bring in? Um, Arnautovic is one of those guys that uh, if you own him now and you're planning on using a wild card, you're going to keep him in there until week 33. Uh, and then you're probably not going to ever come back to him because you're going to set up your roster with doubles and whatnot because Arnautovic does not have a double for the rest of the year. So that's pretty much against him. Um, but he's still a usable asset for the next couple of weeks. Um, but I, I love Arnautovic. I probably won't sell him right away. But with the with the incoming uh, doubles from guys, you know, especially the Liverpools and teams of that nature, you're going to probably look somewhere else to get fantasy production. Yeah, no <laughs> disagreements uh, from me. Do you have any guys that are rising that you want to talk about? Um, 
you know, I mean, Vincent Company went up and he got hurt. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't um, make transfers early in the week, guys. It's, yeah. it's one-on-one stuff. Here, here's, a, here's a funny one. Um, Daniel Drinkwater went up. Ooh. How about that? How about that? Um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's good when a player on a team who you have no chance of ever using goes up in price. Because um, we're all limited to have three, you know, um, Leicester players on a roster. Um, I could probably name seven guys ahead of Drinkwater that I probably roster ahead of him. Uh, you know, Mares, Vardy, any of the defenders, Fuchs, Simpson, the goalie. You know, I'd probably even uh, roster Ingola Conte before mm. <laughs> Daniel Drinkwater. I know he's getting involved and he gets, he's gotten a couple assists in the last couple of fixtures. But that was a strange one to me. I, I, I understand how people are trying to be different. And he probably went up because of the, because of the bye week and there were so many limited options. People were trying to strike gold. By, by drinking water. Um, <laughs> but but uh, even Helen Keller could tell you that Dana Drinkwater is not a family and fantasy asset. Uh, all right. And uh, the only following player that I really wanted to talk about, and this is going to be strange for people, is Alexis Sanchez. Because he's finally been playing better the last two weeks with a goal and an assist. Uh, and compared to other high-priced players, has the easiest remaining schedule out of any team in the top four. Uh, I'm not buying in because, again, not allowed to. But it does seem strange to me that his price is dropping right as he's beginning to regain usefulness. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, the reason he's going he's going to go back up. He only went down because he wasn't you know wasn't going to be you know useful to anybody. But in the next coming weeks, his price is going to be probably closer to I don't know eleven, hmm. which is which is just crazy for a midfielder. Uh, you know he he did all, he played all right in the Champions League game. He had a great free kick that the the keeper made a good save on. Um, but I mean, what? How much more value does is he going to add? You know, at ten at ten dot eight current. I mean, yeah. you can basically you can basically own a, a a good defender and a moderately priced midfielder that are probably just as useful for the same prices as an Alexis Sanchez. The only the only thing in his favor is that he's got a double double week coming up in week thirty four. So by by week thirty three, his price is going to be eleven easily. So I mean, people buying it early, you're probably going to want to buy it now and save yourself the the, the two the two shekels. Um, but I'm yeah, pretty I'm sure not- mathematically, you could have Ali and Antonio for the price of him. Yeah, you you probably yeah pretty much. Oh wait, the prices that show up are the price that you have them for. Oh yes, yeah. so oh, that, that's, yeah, like that's eleven. That's eleven Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Sorry, but, we just made really great deals. Our, you, our bad. <laughs> but you get you get the you get the gist of it. You can you can bring in here. You can bring in uh, like friggin' Traore this week and mm. Max Gradell, and it's basically the same prices. Yeah. As as what as uh, Alexis Sanchez. I know you can't do two for ones because this isn't real fantasy. It's just one for ones. Um. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm any. This will be a little uh, sneak peek of my wild card stuff and what people want to do for setting up the roster. I don't plan on bringing in Alexis Sanchez at all to my team. So, mm. yeah, nah, neither am I. So <laughs> there we go. And remember that we do need to include a disclaimer that we are always wrong on Alexis Sanchez. Uh, and so I was vaguely for him. Rob was against him. So I don't know. Is that a cannot? Will he stop existing? I'm not really we, sure how that. We just down. disappear. Is this like a Star Trek episode where like <laughs> sp- like Spock goes down but gets stuck in the middle of the teleport and he goes to like an alternate universe and Alexis Sanchez is there? <laughs> Probably, I'd imagine so. Um, all right, well, you kind of teased it a little bit there. Obviously, the big topic this week is what's going to happen with double game weeks and wild cards, etc. So, Rob, why don't you lead off and tell people how they should be approaching this this very important period? Yeah. Well, th- there's two ways to approach this. You know, um, from from the the mass of voices that I've heard, you know, over the Twitter speak, uh, everybody seems to be riding on the. Uh, it doesn't matter what I do the next couple of weeks because I'm trans. I'm using my wild card in week thirty three. If you have your wild card available, I am not in that same proponent. I'd like the matchups better in week thirty seven from a double up perspective. So I will probably set myself up from a wild card that way. Now. I can only talk about my own team because I have my own team in front of me. I don't have everybody's home team in front of me at home. That would be a lot. That'd be like 3.7 million teams in front of me, and I, my mind would explode like that scene from Scanners. You'd need a lot more screens. <clears throat> yeah, I, I definitely would. Um, but so when you're transferring this week, keep in mind what you, you need a plan now. You can't fig- you can't be like, all right, I'm going to do this now, 
And then, oh, you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm not going to use my wild card. You know, you need, a, you need a plan now. So this is my own plan because, I, I, like I said, I only have my team in front of me. I don't plan on using my wild card in week 33. I plan on just bringing in one double guy every week until week 34. So you get four. I get four transfers up until then because you have this week, next week, the following week, and then week 34. So this week, I'm setting myself up with all the other options that are there because I'm not using my wild card because there's guys that I would love this week like Ashley Williams and any of the West Brom guys who have excellent matches and are bringing mm. brought in. Um, I'm looking ahead to my team, so I'm, I'm setting myself up. So my first transfer this week, I'm going from Hector Bellerin. I'm go- sorry, I'm going from Scott Dan to Hector Bellerin. I own Dan currently. I'm bringing Bellerin. He's got two excellent pitchers in week 34. Sets me up <clears throat> for week 34. Now, preemptively, I'm only – I'm not using uh, my wild card 30, in week 33, like I said. But I'm also not using my bench, book, bench boost in week 34. I'm using my all-out attack. So I'm setting myself with only, only needing two defenders in week 34, Bellerin being one. Okay? Through the midfield, then through the midfield, I would have next week, the week after, week 32, I would bring in Firmino for Sigurdsson. The lateral price change, I'll actually lose some money, but I'll have money in the bank from, from using, I have 2.9 in the bank. This is awful radio right now. I hate to say it. But anyway, <laughs> um, so basically what I'm doing is I'm going, bring in the next four weeks. I'm bringing Bellerin, Firmino, Lukaku, and I'm probably going to bring in a nice forward wild card, either Igalu or Martial in week 34 because they have a double for Vart. Uh, so I'm going to transfer out Dan, Sigurdsson, Kane, and Vardy for Bellerin, Firmino, Lukaku, and Martial or Igalu, depending on who I want to bring in. Um, I'm not using my, my uh, wild card, like I said, a thousand times already. I'm using my all-out attack, so I only need two defenders. So my team for week 34 would be Adrian in goal, Bellerin and Cresswell on defense, Firmino, Payet, Mares, Arnautovic, and Ali through the midfield, and then Aguero, Lukaku, and Martial or Igalu up top. I would have eight guys on double week without using a wild card. And using my all-out attack, so I'd have, I'd have eight the eight the front eight guys. I'd have one, two, three, four, five, five, six guys on double weeks. Mm. <clears throat> so that is my plan of attack for the upcoming week. Um, after that, you know, everybody. And then you're going to use your wild card to reset after that. Or I'm going to use my, with it? my wild card week thirty, wild card week thirty-five because yeah. it's a it's a down week. There's a limited amount of games. There's still not games to be announced. So there's only there's only uh, eight eight games on the. The table, I Although, to be fair, really only three teams that you probably have players from are missing 35 with Everton, United, and uh, West Ham. Yeah, you know, I'd actually, I don't even, you know, I'd even say that just you're not even going to go to Everton players yet there because you could probably have two extra weeks to bring in. I'm already going to have Lukaku for the double week. So I wouldn't, any. Any other players on on Everton besides maybe a defender? I'd probably even not even look that direction. Yeah, for me, uh, for me, it's uh, week thirty six is when you can bring in your Lukaku's mm-hmm. and, and stuff because uh, before then they have Arsenal, United, Watford, Southampton, Liverpool, and a blank. Yeah, um, then after that, it gets a lot better. Bournemouth, Leicester. Hopefully, Leicester will have dropped points so Tottenham can win the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunderland, Crystal Palace, and Norwich to end the season. And we've talked before about how. Tottenham and Manchester City have a pretty tough run in there and that you mm-hmm. may need to get rid of Kane, you already mentioned, and even Aguero potentially at the end there with Stoke, Southampton, and Arsenal, and then they don't have a double game week there. Um, so anyway, just kind of keep an eye on that, but I agree with you that now is not the time to buy in on Everton. I've seen Lukaku, the, the hype train, starting to gain some speed again. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why now? Like yeah. I, I lo- You know, we love Chief. Uh, over from FPL hints, but now is not the time to believe in this form over fixtures with these fixtures with other people with better ones. But you do yeah. want him later in the season. Yeah, you can. You could wait on Lukaku to week thirty three to bring him in. You, there's no reason to bring him in now. Like there's no reason to bring him in now. Um, <clears throat> same thing with Kane. I'd, I'd probably swap Lukaku for Kane in week thirty three because of the matchup. I believe they have. Who do they have in week thirty three? Who Tottenham? Yeah, uh, Manchester United. Yeah, so. It's a good defensive team. I know Kane is a good good option, but you're going to bring Kane right back in for week 35 when you use your wild card, and you can actually. And this is the this is the big big tipping point in this podcast. Uh, I'm getting into Aguero in week 35 because we've talked ad nauseum about how his end of the year schedule is awful because they have Stoke, Southampton, Arsenal, 
Not a double game week and then Swanson not, to finish up. Yeah, and it's not a double game week to finish up. Exactly. So so week 34, I'm doing my AOA, my all-out attack. Week 35, wild card. Then week 36, then, then I have all the options in the world because I'll have my team set up so I can either decide to triple captain somebody week 36 or I can just chill out and just it, it, do the points. Week 37, I do my be- my bench boost, which I would have set myself up with the wild card from week 35. And then week 38, I can either hope and pray or use my other chip that I didn't use. So that that is my plan. I know a lot of people are basically just punting the next couple of weeks and going for week 33 as their as their wild card and just you know re, retooling their whole team. But the, the thing that's nervous to me, I don't know if it's making you nervous, Kevin. That's what I'm going to toss mm-hmm. it to you on this question. With the with the four remaining weeks after or five remaining weeks after you use your wild card, you know you basically only have five players to bring in yeah. for that time without taking a, a minus, and you're going to have two at least two chips to use now. Do you think using your your wild card in week thirty three is the is the right thing to do, or would you be you know advising people to to wait and use it later? Yeah, I agree with you. It is it is concerning, um, and I think the reason why neither of us are going to do it is because it's very much uh, what's being perceived as the safe play that that it's more of kind of a defensive move uh, to prevent falling behind because probably you and I are going to fall behind in week thirty four. In overall ranking, when everybody's doing all that stuff, but they, like you said, they'll be in a much worse situation going forward with, as you said, only five transfers without having to take minuses, which you wouldn't want to do, obviously, down the stretch. Um, I, I, I like where you're coming from with the all-out attack. Uh, I'm in a different situation um, <laughs> because my defense is awful, which we'll talk about uh, when we talk about our teams a bit more. Um, but yeah, the, the, so you're you're triple captaining in 34. No, you're all out attacking in 34. Yeah, I'm AOAing in 34. Interesting. I was thinking about potentially triple captaining that week um, with an Arsenal or a City player. Uh, well, that's what I'd advise. Obviously, I can't use an Arsenal player, but somebody like Aguero that week maybe, um, mm-hmm. just because the the matchups you don't hate, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, it's Chelsea and Newcastle, for mm-hmm. those wondering. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been weirdly defensive about Chelsea's defensive... Wow, I used the word defensive twice in a sentence. I'm being um, offensively offensive. <laughs> yeah, I've been really uh, firm on thinking that Chelsea's defense has been better than it's been all season. Uh, and a large part of that is because I have Bronislav Ivanovic in a league where uh, other stats count. And he has been doing much better than he's actually been playing. But you don't hate City against Chelsea's defense, especially when you figure that they, they struggle with pace uh, and, and you have the likes of Aguero and probably Sterling going to be in that one. So I was thinking about triple captaining uh, Aguero in 34, hoping to get a result. Maybe, like I'd take one goal against Chelsea and two against Newcastle and be fine with that. Um I saw somebody saying that uh, it would be interesting if you wanted to go with uh, United, who have Aston Villa and Crystal Palace, and bringing in someone like Smalling and triple captaining him to get uh, double clean sheets plus potentially bonuses. I thought that was a really ballsy call. I will not be doing that. But uh, yeah, I'd probably lean towards the triple captain in 34 uh, and then maybe do a bench boost in 37. So I agree with you. Wait on your wild card. Do it to deal with 35, the double and 36. Um, or sorry, the double or the regular 36, doubling and 37. And then do that with your bench boost. Try to, when you use your wild card, get as many of those doubles in as you can. You already mentioned some of those matchups you do prefer to the ones that you'll have in 34. Um, so yeah, that's that's probably what I'm going to do. Obviously, this is all... Uh, up in the air, but my current idea is going to triple captain in 34, uh, do all-out attack in 35, because my team has enough players. You know, I, I, you know I had this thought uh, during the last week when a lot of people had missing players. Uh, I was like, oh, what if I what if I use my bench booster all out attack that week when everybody was having a down week? Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm thinking about just applying that to 35 when a lot of people are out because I currently don't own a Crystal Palace or Everton or United or Norwich or Watford player. Uh, the only player I'd be missing is Pyatt. Uh, mm-hmm. So I can either move him out or bring somebody else in. 
Uh, and West Ham don't have a great run at the end with uh, facing West Brom, United, and Stoke as three of their last five. Um, yeah. And United is their double game week. So I saw some people saying, you know, West Ham are a good option because they have two double game weeks, but they're against Leicester, Watford, Swansea, and United. Yeah, like, you don't, very good. those aren't great. Like, I know there's more chances for mm-hmm. points, but they aren't good chances for points. Um, Swansea really being the only one that you're really excited by. Also, are you aware that Watford are now a top five defense this season? Yeah, I, they I finally I just, climbed their way up there. It's nuts. It, the worst thing about Watford's defense is, especially from a fantasy perspective, it, they walk around and they don't have a face. That's the problem. They don't have a defensive yeah. face that you could use. Yeah, that's because true. You're, because you're not going to go out and put Craig Cathcart on your on your team or a Nathan Ake mm. or a, a Niam who who does occasionally gets the game off. So yeah. and and they got Holabas and there's not a guy there. That if you only Kapu was listed as a defender, that'd be great. Yeah, you know, you compare him to Bournemouth. Bournemouth's defense is offensive, and Charlie Daniels has made a name for himself because yeah. he's been that way, and, he, and he's involved in set pieces and PKs and stuff like that. But he has a, a Bournemouth defense has a face now. They have Charlie Daniels, and Watford doesn't. You know, the only thing that Watford has for them is they have a better goalie than I think. I think Gomes is uh, better than Boric. So yes. Oh, right. Sorry. Uh, so for me to finish up, I'm probably going to triple captain Aguero in 34, then use uh, my all-out attack in 35, then use my... Um, I'm missing something. I just completely blanked in my mind. The other thing in 37. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. And like you, use your wild card later in the season. For me, it's going to be uh, to really facilitate using my team uh, in in thirty seven, so, and then just so, see what happens match week thirty eight, which is going to be yeah. terrifying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so to jump, so to jump on your your thing, your team there with yeah. the triple captaining Aguero in week thirty four. Yeah, because I get this, I got this question a couple times from a couple of my mates. Um, would it be better to triple captain Aguero for two games, where you basically are getting six games from one guy? Basically, when you think about it, you're getting six straight games from one guy because mm-hmm. he plays two opponents triple captain and he gets six points for or is it better to have you know seven guys on double double weeks and save the wild card for just a single week when somebody else has already used their triple captain you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. where you have seven guys who have double weeks that's 14 games versus aguero getting six yeah know? i that's that's my whole contention with uh with the triple captain I don't agree with using it on a double game week because you're basically matching, like I said, six possible games because, you know, two times three is six. It is. So, or are you placing against seven guys who have two games apiece? That's 14. You know, I know Aguero can can probably outscore the 14 by himself out of six, but that's a big risk, especially mm-hmm. against, a, against Chelsea. If he, if he doesn't score, you're screwed. If he doesn't score in the first game, you're screwed because you're going to be hoping for at least two against Newcastle. And I know that I know that he probably can do it, but you're going to be biting your fingernails and be like, "Oh God, I hope he scores! Oh God, I hope he scores!" Yeah. Because you wasted your triple captain in a in a double game week where you could have gone against you could have used fourteen players, fourteen games against the six. So that that's my only you know, because you're saying if I use my all out attack in thirty five, it is just the one week. So. I, the reason why I was looking at that is because of the differential with other players. Mm-hmm. The other players could have only eight or nine eligible players, and I was thinking I will get in all of those players um, instead of defenders. But no, mm-hmm. you, you you make a good point. I mean, there's no there's no right or wrong way, people. I mean, you could work this any way you want because there's an abundance of players that play in week 34 and play in week 35, so you don't have to like completely hamstring yourself. You know, I'm only doing that because I'm setting myself up from now until week 34, not using my wild card, and then planning on using it in week 35 with my to set up my team for the stretch for the complete run, and then I'll have four four additional transfers after that, and two chips. So, so, are, so are you bench boosting in 37? Yeah, is that what you're thinking? Yeah, okay. bench boost. Fair enough. Yeah. So wait, that, so, that, so wait, where are you getting this 14 from if you're doing all out attack? Because you'd have seven guys on on doubles. On doubles, I'd have Bellerin, Cresswell, Firmino, Payet, Aguero, Lukaku, and then whoever I bring in as a third striker, they'd be gotcha. on a double. Interesting. <clears throat> well, yeah, I, I mean, if you can do that with your remaining transfers, that does sound 
uh, more likely. Uh, this, this is actually a, a thing I've been struggling with, uh, which is I, I'm a very firm believer in uh, you go movies. home with who brought you. <laughs> did, you hear um, what I, did you hear what I said? I'm I did sorry. not. No, I, I was said, like, you were like, I was struggling with, and I said alcohol abuse. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> uh, I want to have my core team till the end, mm-hmm. but it's could be detrimental. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Is, I don't know. This how is I'm a game, and, you're, and you are chasing points. You yeah, know, you're chasing points. You're not looking for. You know, if this was, you know, if you had allegiance to the, your fantasy football team, you'd have three Spurs all year and never move them. Yeah. You know, like I would have three Chelsea guys and, and I don't own one. I think I've owned one all year and it was for like. Aspie? So, yeah, I think I owned Aspolicueta for a week. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, anyway, hopefully <laughs> that gave you some ideas. If you want to just mimic what either of us are doing, go for it. Um, again, for me, <laughs> what I was thinking was triple captain in 34, all out attack in 35, bench boost in 37. You were thinking, do your all-out attack in 34, your triple captain in what, 35 or 36? Just wherever 35. you find it. I'd wild card in 35 and then triple captain in 36. Because the, op- gotcha. the team options for week 36 for, for, for captaining a guy or triple captaining a guy, you have – hold on, I have it written down. You have uh, Alexis Sanchez versus, versus Norwich versus Norwich. Oh, 36. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 36 versus Norwich. Romino against Swansea. You have Aguero versus Southampton. Eh. Yeah, and you have Firmino versus Swansea. And if you are a big Arnie guy, they're up against uh, Sunderland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if, only- you, if you wanted to bring in uh, Igalo again, which I can't do in any good faith, uh, against Villa, who I'm sure will continue to have the worst defensive record until then. Yeah, and the only thing bad about uh, going against Aguero is he's a better scorer at home than he is on the road. And most of his weeks where he has the double game week, both games are on the road. Then, he, then the week 36 where if you wanted the triple captain in there, which I was thinking about doing, it's on the road at Southampton. And then on the last week of the year, if you're stuck with a chip and you have a triple captain in me, he's on the road again at Swansea. Which they're well, not Arsenal all- have Aston Villa, which mm-hmm. could be interesting. Also, Everton, as we've said, Sunderland, Crystal Palace, and Norwich to end the season. Mm-hmm. Any of those you'd be fine with if Lukaku keeps up his pace against the tougher teams yeah. that he has over the next few weeks. Yeah. And, and the triple captain, if you're looking to use it in week 36, 30, or 37, or 38, you know, you're, I'd probably, if you're chasing points, I'd probably put it on a guy that's completely obtuse. I wouldn't, I mean, if you're chasing points and you need, you need to make up points, you need to gamble. There's no way you can, you can put it on Aguero because somebody else is going to put it on Aguero that week that you're probably chasing points from in your mini league, and you're not going to gain anything. So, I mean, the whole world is bringing in Alexis Sanchez in the next couple of weeks. Everyone's bringing him in. I'm not. I'd rather own Oltzel and a defender from, from Arsenal over mm. Sanchez. Yeah, but, yeah, there's no arguing with the matchups that they have, though. Um, Everton, <laughs> no, Wofford, and West Ham are, like, iffy over the next three, but then Palace, West Brom, Sunderland, Norwich, City, and Villa. So <laughs> you're only really worried about one of those. And Everton, Wofford, and West Ham are all difficult matchups, but they aren't. They, your guy won't score or he won't assist. There will be goals in those games. Mm-hmm. It's just, are you sure it's going to be your guy and will it be more than one? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, again, hopefully that helps you guys at least formulate a, a little bit of a plan for yourselves. And I'm sure you and I will bicker about this off air forever. Um, <laughs> we will leave a quick break. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
and then jump back in with starts and sits. Also, in my notes, for some reason, it says start slash start. Um, I'm not really sure why. Oh, it's it must be from uh, last week. Yeah. yeah when yeah, we yeah. didn't bother doing sits because there were only five matches. Okay, fair enough. That makes more sense now. Um, up top, you have Kane and Vardy, which are the obvious choices. Uh, but there are actually a few interesting differential plays this week. You have mm-hmm. a player like Solomon Rondon. Three goals and an assist in his last five up against Norwich, which are tied for the second worst defense in the league with 54 goals allowed. Also, Barahino for a sneaky one um, from that same West Brom side. You have Jermaine Defoe, two goals and an assist in his last five. Gets to face Newcastle, West Brom, and Norwich over his next three. Uh, and Alberto Pulaski, which is a gut call because his stats are awful and he's been absolutely middling. Uh, in and there's actual no play. Barrow this week, I believe. No, I don't think Barrow's going to play this week. Yeah. God, he was so randomly good. Yeah, they, they actually <laughs> played well. Pelosi played a whole full 90 next to him, too, and, uh, yeah. next to the forwards up top, and he played well off of them. So I think they, they may Pulaski have found something. plays there. so well in the team, but he, mm-hmm. his actual like fantasy stats, like your chances created, your shots on target, shot accuracy, all of them are awful. He's the anti-Barahino. <laughs> He's like Defoe if Defoe didn't score goals, <laughs> yeah. which is really harsh. Um, in the midfield, uh, three weeks strong, Gilfie Sigurdsson, again, again. Uh, six goals and an assist in his last ten. Clearly refound his mojo. Uh, he, now he wins your weekly, hey, you get to face Aston Villa award. Fun mm-hmm. fact, Villa have conceded 17 goals in their last five matches, which is astounding. Uh, just short of four goals a game. Uh, in defense, the big clubs uh, this week, Leicester, Tottenham, West Brom, and Watford have the best matchups. And if you bought into the uh, Patrick Van Anholt hype, whenever that was, maybe a month ago now, and he's been in your team or riding your bench, this is a decent week to start him against Newcastle, where, quick, name who Newcastle will start up front. You can't. It's random as hell. Um, but anyway, Leicester, Tottenham, West Brom, and Watford are the best defensive matchups this week. Uh, you, you know, I'll start up top as well. You ran down a lot of the names that I like there. Um, Solomon Rondon, 6.5 price tag, owned in 1.2% of leagues. Uh, he's got goals in consecutive games. He's probably spot on if anybody wants to, you know, downshift from a Diego Costa, who's definitely not playing. Or upshift uh, from Benicophobe, who is dead to me, which I will talk yeah. about later. Yeah, you also mentioned my second guy, you know, Defoe. I, I, think, I think we're due for a Defoe blowout. You know, like we had five goals in a two-game stretch mm. a couple weeks ago. Um, so those are good calls by you, and I'll reiterate them on my own for Rondon and Defoe. Through the midfield, I'm picking two guys that are just really not owned anywhere. I mentioned this guy before. Max Gradell came back. Bournemouth looked very, very invigorated last week with a lot of athletic midfielders. That was a great they finish have, as well. They have a lot, a lot of athletic midfielders. Mm. I was hurt. I was upset when when Gradell got hurt earlier in the year because he was just starting to get it. You know? I feel like you talked about him at the summit as well. Yeah, I think I he did. Was, you talked a lot about the the teams that were coming up, like him mm-hmm. and Igalo. Yeah, because I used to watch a lot of the and Matt Ritchie. Matt Ritchie was the overrated player of that ranking summit. Oh, totally. He, All he of us like- thought he was going to be the next great thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody was on his band on on his junk. Yeah. But uh, he he shows well once in a while. I think I think with with Graydell in the squad and Josh King around him, I think when he has better players around him to 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 do better, he plays better. He was because he's a he disappeared when Callum Wilson was up top because Callum Wilson demanded the the ball in a certain area, and I think now that he has the the midfield players around him, he could play through them instead of playing it through up top. I think that's what Bournemouth is trying to do. So anyway, Max Gradell had a great game last week. I liked him when he was when he was fit in the beginning there and he got hurt. He's come back. I think Bournemouth is a little, you know, they got a tough matchup this week. Let's, let's be honest. They play Spurs. I mean, mm. not much you could do there. Second guy I'm looking at through the midfield, Diego Costa is out. You know, Chelsea has been going with – Triori up top. But guess what? Good for you. He qualifies as a midfielder yeah. in the FPL.com format. He's only 5.4. He's owned in 0.0% of leagues, which for you and me is a good differential. Um, whether he starts up top, who knows? Uh, you know, they, they could just go completely obtuse and put Kennedy or maybe Ivanovic as striker. I don't, I don't know. Um, but Triori is a good shout for somebody who's just not owned and you're looking to make up points. If you're definitely going to wild card in week, 34, uh, week 33, 
why not gamble and go just completely obtuse from everybody else? Um, <clears throat> on defense, um, you know, I, I'm waiting for, for the injury report to come out because I love West Brom and I love Swansea this week. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of the West Brom guys that you want to use, like Craig Dawson, is, is hurt. Um, and I'm not really adamant enough to give enough fantasy love to Gareth McCauley um, because Dawson is probably the guy you want to own there. Um, also, Olsen has been getting some play out recently. Yeah, I think he's on 4-3. Yeah. I was looking at him as a yeah. cheap Johnny option. E- and Johnny Evans is, is tentative to play. There, there's no real fantasy option there, despite that they have a good match, matchup. Um, but yeah, if you, if, if you hear good words and you're waiting to the last minute to bring in a defender, Craig Dawson would be my tout for the baggies. Um, for my sits, I will start in the back. Uh, I'm just... Hunting on, I was on the Vincent Company bandwagon because I, I said he's the rudder that stirs the ship. And basically everybody who was on defense there and the goalkeeper, Joe Hart, benefited from him being back. You could look at the games when company's there and company's not there. It's a complete difference. Uh, Joe Hart is a complete punt as well. If you brought him in for the for the bad games of stretch, you could probably look elsewhere now. Um, so company. Any Otamende, Sanya, any any city defender. I don't see it unless you want to bring them in for the double week. Um, through the midfield, it's our it's our fantasy staple of midfielders that we despise or we give the bad link to. <laughs> I'll go I'll go I'll go with Ross Barkley, thirty one point two percent owned. There's just no there's no differential there for me. A lot of people own him. A lot of people are preemptively just holding on to him because of the double week. Or if you actually owned him and just sat him on your bench with Everton blanking. Um, I have a question for you with that Everton midfield. They're, they're also who I'm sitting. Uh, which Everton player has scored the most points over the last five weeks? Lennon. It's, Aaron it's Lennon. not even close. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, it's yeah. really been ridiculous. I think he's 41 points yeah. over the last five weeks. Obviously, you don't like this matchup. Like I said, I'm sitting all Everton midfielders this yeah. week. But is that maybe a sneaky option going forward? Lennon? Absolutely. Absolutely. With the double? With the double? People are going to be so on Lukaku, so on Barkley, so on you know either Robles or Funes Mori or Seamus Coleman that they're going to completely forget about Aaron Lennon through the midfield. His price tag is is conducive for you to go from your from your fourth or fifth midfielder from like an Arnautovic or you know a De- even Della Ali. The price isn't because the double you might want to switch up. The price yeah. is, and, is and for nice- those that don't know, Spurs don't have any doubles for the rest yeah. of the season. Yeah, so I mean the, the lateral. Sp- the lateral move for you price-wise is easily there for Lennon, where it's not for Barkley. Plus, a lot of people are going to be bringing in Barkley or already currently own him. You know, the thing about Barkley is he's got two goals and three assists in his last 16 games. Yeah. That's and they've disgusting. been scoring loads of goals. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, Barkley, not for me, not for you, shouldn't be. Not for, definitely not for Kevin. Kevin hates him. I really uh, do. Uh, for, my, for my forward sits, you know, Kevin touched on it before. Who is Rafa Benitez going to start up top is the big conundrum <laughs> of the day. Yeah. Newcastle strikers. You have 61 different options there and none, <laughs> and none of them are American or English or useful for fantasy. <laughs> so there's my stits. Yeah. Yeah. Again, those people could be Mitrovic, Perez, Cisse, who's now back fit, or Seydou Dumbia, or CM Dion. So good luck. None um, <laughs> uh, my sit of the week at forward uh, Benikafobe mostly because he betrayed me and I will never forgive him I picked him up for that two game stretch against Newcastle and Swansea the logic was sound Bournemouth will score a lot of goals well score a lot of goals they did six goals in those two matches and he got neither a goal nor an assist which is heinous now he's up against Tottenham again league best defense uh, I just I'm unbelievably angry at Benicophobe, and I will never uh, trust him ever again. Also, uh, while we're talking about Everton, Lukaku. I know a lot of people are really hyped about this. We talked about it uh, during our segment on the double game weeks and everything. But he's facing four of the top five defenses in the next few weeks. Arsenal, United, Watford, Southampton, and then a blank. So this is not that time. I do agree that at the back end of the season, you will want him, but it is not now. We just talked about Lennon. All Everton midfielders are my sits. Uh, in defense, there are a lot of matchups against each other that I hate. City and United, Everton, Arsenal, and Southampton and Liverpool. Try to avoid all of those. Maybe difficult. 
Um, okay, well, we haven't had any nonsense thus far. Uh, so we need to jump in on that. Who do you have in the final four of your bracket? Uh, I have Kentucky, Oklahoma, Michigan State, and Kansas. <clears throat> not bad, not bad. I have a massive dilemma. So, as you know, currently uh, in Kentucky, in Lexington, I uh, went to high school here. So you have that like local factor. There are no pro teams in Kentucky, so UK basketball becomes the super vaunted thing. So my uh, Final Four entrant from the uh, Eastern Quadrant is tearing me up inside. I have today alone gone from North Carolina to Wisconsin to UK. Uh, Wisconsin could lose to Pitt, and it wouldn't even be surprising. But I just have that weird tournament team vibe about them. Sort me out here. What what do I do? Because I feel like if I go UK, I'm a homer. And I've seen way too many horrible UK games this year where they just didn't show up. Or Scalabissier doesn't know where the basket is. And he's like 7 feet 9 and can't rebound. Uh, North Carolina obviously have their own struggles, but they've been playing better of late. And Wisconsin obviously beat UK last year, so I'm overvaluing their ability. What do I do? Um, You know, I... I I was torn between uh, Carolina and Kentucky. Um, I just think that Kentucky's guards are peaking at the right time. Ulysses right now is looks like the best. He's going to win player the of the year. Yeah, it's crazy. He looks like Five the best con- best point guard in the country. Um, I like their guards now better than Carolina's guards now. So that that's why I went Kentucky over Carolina. Um, the also thing the other thing is I, I like. Funny cliche numbery things when teams in tournaments when they're ranked number blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. You know, Cal- every time Calipari's been ranked four or lower, he re- he reaches the final four. So ooh, like all like counting back to uh, like I don't UMass what? and and Memphis. Maybe it's just maybe it's just Connecticut. Maybe it's just, I'm sorry, which Kentucky? Sorry, when he was just with Kentucky, I'll have to look into that. That that could be a hell of a set. Every time he's been ranked four or lower, he's reached the final. four. Yeah, because we made it uh, to the final four when we were ranked eighth. With uh, Wall and Cousins. Oh, yep. man. I miss that so. team so much. And Patrick Patterson, who's been a large reason why the Raptors actually matter this season. I mm-hmm. loved Mason P-Pat. Stayed all four years. Got his degree done. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the only reason I was on on Kentucky's. Uh, Fair enough. Know. Am I crazy for thinking Wisconsin could be this good? Like I said, they could lose to Pitt. Like Pitt is we, a very decent team. Wisconsin doesn't look like a, a deep tournament team to me. I think they can get beat by good guards. Yeah, and if they got to where I had them. And like I said, I had them in the Final Four for a moment. They'd have to be Pitt first, then probably Xavier, then either West Virginia or Notre Dame, then UNC or UK. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. All right. Who, who do you have winning it all, Kev? Uh, Michigan State. Okay. It's Tom Izzo, and it's March. It's the safe play. Yeah, I have Kansas winning it over over Michigan State. Yeah, right? It, it's just... I, I just feel like Kansas, Kansas, to me, has that vibe where you look at their team and... They have. They look like they have guys who've been in at, at the school for twenty five years and are balding because they, they actually do. <laughs> There's guys on the team who look like they've been there forever and yeah. they're do like they're gonna like they have the look of a team that looks like it's gonna win to me. I know they passed the visual eye test for me for a winner. Yeah. Also, I, I will say one of my biggest flaws when it comes to these. Like I used to be great at brackets, uh, and then I had teams to root for, and then it really ruined a lot of my stuff. Like I was at the UC game where we lost to Iowa State at the death. Um. And so now I think Iowa State are way better. So I have Iowa State in the Sweet 16. Um, and I have them beating Virginia, which <laughs> Iowa State could do. Like I said, seeing them live, they were impressive as hell in that one. But then you're basing that off of what team are they playing. Yeah, so true. am I overrating UC because I went there? It turns into a whole thing. I don't believe in Virginia very much at all. I think that they're the weakest of the sides. Also, I have Cincinnati over St. Joe's, and I know you're a big St. Joe's guy. No, not really. I was no. just rubbing it in. I, you know, well, I've seen people having St. Joe's beating Oregon. Yeah, I, I Oregon is or or Oregon. Hear me. There's some, there's, there's some <laughs> Oregon East Coast Trail. Story. There you go. <laughs> I'm gonna get dysentery. Um, <laughs> you shouldn't have tried to fjord the river. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I, you know, Oregon is getting no love from anybody in brackets. I don't. I, I've it's probably really weird, seen. Right? I've probably seen about. 20 different brackets and I, I don't think besides the one guy on uh, TV who went to Oregon he's the only guy I, I think he had him winning it because he's a homer mm-hmm. but uh but I, I don't I don't see them making it to pass the sweet 16 I don't that's yeah. as far as I can see them possibly making it 
And I've, I've only so seen... So who do you have him losing to? Duke or Baylor? Oh, ba- uh, Baylor. Okay. All right. Uh, anyway, to answer the actual question, uh, my Final Four, as of now, is uh, Kansas, North Carolina, Michigan State, and Oregon. Uh, but I, I, I agree with you, and I've been leaning Oklahoma. I just didn't have the balls to do it. And I, th- I think I'm going to do it now. You know, Buddy Hill is, is nuts. He's yeah. the best player in the country. Yeah. And and we've seen what best players in the country do when they get in the tournament. Like, that's what Steph Curry did. Steph Curry, all he could do was hit threes with Davidson. He dropped 44 points on him. Yeah. And then um, my boy 3J from the Trailblazers, CJ McCollum against Duke. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Lehigh, he showed up big. Anyway, you, you can trust those kinds of shooters in the big tournaments. They tend to actually turn it on. So... Yeah. Anyway, okay, well, you've convinced me. Now Oklahoma is in my Final Four. Also, I have a cousin that went to Oklahoma. Shout-outs to my cousin Casey, who's getting married a, soon, by the way. I had a cousin who was in Oklahoma. You know, she sang in the... And the wind goes rolling down the plane. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> Great. Uh, I actually had an ex-girlfriend go to... Uh, what was it? Oklahoma City? Oklahoma State? Something like that uh, to do musical theater. So that joke was actually fairly accurate. I'm sure they do go singing down the planes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So now, now that we're on the musical tip, what's your favorite musical of all time? Go. Ooh, I saw. Uh, I think it's called Once, mm-hmm. um, which was really, really good. It was. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Glenn Hansard, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it was. Uh, they basically took like parts from. Uh, well, I think it was also a movie. Movie. Yeah, <laughs> a movie. <laughs> Anyway, that that was really good. I saw Book of Mormon live when I was living in New York. That was mm-hmm. awesome. Um, the Hedwig and the blah, 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 blah Angry blah. Itch. Angry yep. Itch, yeah. That one wasn't bad. Um, about, oh, here, Spring I'll, Awakening. I'll, I'll, I know Spring Awakening I'll even was... expand it. What's your favorite musical that's been made into a movie? Wow. You know what? Probably the original Grease movie, which I think was better than the actual musical. Okay. Yeah, Spring Awakening and Wicked are the two like super obvious ones. But I was going for for things a little more. Uh, little known, little known fact about the Smokester here is I'm a big musical fan. Really? Yeah. Mine is my favorite is Chorus Line. So. Intr- oh yeah, dude. Um, um, wish today goodbye. Yeah, that exactly. One? Oh, yeah. that's such a good song. Um, now I'm googling to make sure that that musical is called Once because <laughs> I I seriously love that. Uh, yeah, Glenn Hansard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I straight up cried in that uh, in that theater. There's there's yeah. a part where they. And that's use... the end of the podcast with Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, there's a, there's a part in it where uh, his dad hasn't been uh, like super supportive of him and stuff, and trying to do his music stuff. And then uh, his dad buys his uh, ticket to fly to America to like get his music uh, contract underlined. And then they reprise one of the love songs, but now it's like to his dad. And my dad had recently moved uh, out to Colorado, and it just like it tore me up, man. I was like, I, I can't, I can't right now. <laughs> uh, and I went with the girl, and I thought she was going to be like really disappointed that I was crying, but she found it really attractive that I was emotionally open. So it uh, it worked out really well. But anyway, yeah, it, it, I'm assuming once is still on. Uh, on Broadway, but anyway, if you if you have a chance to see that, that is my that is my pro tip. Um, that was weirdly super insightful. Yeah, I'll also enjoy chorus line. Um, I want to see Hamilton, which yeah, is up Hamilton. now, but I'm not in New York at the moment. Yeah. But it's it's been getting crazy good reviews. Yeah, really I, good. I will say about Book of Mormon, I don't nearly as endorse it as I did originally because that might have been the shortest run for an original cast of all time. Mm-hmm. Like immediately, Josh Gad became a celebrity. And I, I forget who the lead was, but he, he started that TV show, The New Normal, which was about a gay couple. But, like, that seriously was, like, four months later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, can't, I can't remember who, what his name is, but, but yeah. But they were so good. Like, that original yeah, cast really was good. nuts. Josh Gad is really, really talented. Really, it's, really it's, talented. It's insane. Yeah. I actually got to see it in previews, so mm-hmm. the tickets were cheaper. They had a couple of uh, moments that were so heinous that they were cut from the final actual show which for anyone that's seen the actual show try to imagine that um, and realize that I can't mention it on a podcast because it was bad enough to not be a part of that but anyway uh, moving on to our teams um, so, so who are you bringing in this week Kev? 
Well, I'm waiting till after the Europa League fixtures because I'm yeah, not a me, big old dumb dumb idiot. Yeah. Um, but I do have two transfers. I didn't make any last week because I was in such a good position. I didn't need to to get an 11 in there. Um, for my uh, two changes, the first one I'm doing, Silva to Firmino. Mm-hmm. Uh, Firmino does have a few tough matchups, but I'm willing to buy now, especially considering Liverpool are the only team that plays in match week 35, but also has two double game weeks and 34 and 37, which is obviously of benefit. They're against Bournemouth, Everton, Watford, and Chelsea. So mm-hmm. not terrific matchups, but you'd trust to get a couple goals and maybe an assist in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm willing to jump in. Uh, on, on the Firmino hype train. Yeah, he's uh, it super looks, in form right now. So. Yeah, and it looks like he's going to get to keep playing up front or behind he, the striker. There was that should. period where I was really worried he was going to be shifted out to the wing, but it looks like uh, Klopp has realized that he's probably his best player at the moment. Needs to yeah, play him where he can most impact them. He got he got cursed by damn Daniel. Damn Daniel! <laughs> that was the Sorry, weirdest viral thing I've seen in quite yeah. some time. I had to throw a viral act in there. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, like I said earlier, though, I need to fix my defense like, whoa. I still have Eric Peters, who came on off my bench last week for his whopping zero points despite playing 90 minutes. My Cedric gut call went south real fast. Got one point against Bournemouth, zero points against Sunderland and Stoke because he didn't play. And even if he had played, there would have been just two pointers because Southampton have randomly started conceding cheap goals. I still have CBJ, who now is nothing more than a price sink, who I'd actually take a loss on if I sold him, because I waited too long. Um, so something needs to change. I'm thinking of shifting Peters for Craig Dawson, uh, if it was confirmed that he's actually fit for the weekend, but that hasn't happened yet. But I'm actually really thinking about a sneaky Cedric to Jan Mott. Mm-hmm. From Newcastle. I love Jan Mott as a player. <laughs> he suffered greatly because of how awful Newcastle's defense have been. But now that they have Benitez in, it sucks for your playing, striker choices. He was playing very <laughs> advanced. Yeah, and he, and he tends to. He's just been pinned back all year because they haven't had center backs. Mm-hmm. But now you have Rafa Benitez in there who knows how to make teams look respectable defensively at least. They have Sunderland, Norwich, and Southampton over the next three. Then Swansea for that fourth match. Averaging 12.3 and goals scored as a unit of, of those four matches. I'm going to be honest, I, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit good about this one. And I like it even more because my last gut call was that Cedric would get minutes against bad teams and get clean sheets. Mm-hmm. None of which happened. Jan Mott will definitely get minutes in an improving side, low ownership. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about going that way. Um, yeah, the, thing, the thing I like about him is he's got a double. He does. He, he, doubles, has, he has two doubles. doubles in 34. Doesn't he? He doubles in 34. Yes. Uh, yeah, Newcastle don't have the second double. Yeah, they, I was, I was mistaken. One. But that week they have Aston Villa. So mm-hmm. you don't necessarily hate that either. Um, so what that means for my team on the whole, uh, I should... Uh, I, like I said, I have two this week. What I'm thinking about doing is doing Silva to Firmino um, and then uh, leveling from Cedric Tianmat. Or, with the money I'm saving from Silva to Firmino, I could bring in Vardy for a Fobe, but I'm not using my all-out attack this week, and then I'd have to decide between sitting one of Ali, Firmino, Payet, Sigurdsson, Mares, Aguero, Vardy, and Kane. So I'm almost thinking about not making my team the best it could be to avoid having to make that horrible <laughs> decision that I know would result in points on my bench, and instead making the move to Vardy when I'm planning on doing an all-out attack, uh, when I'm confident. Because I am so fine rolling Ali, Firmino, Payet, Sigurdsson, and Maris till the end of the season. Mm-hmm. The only problem with that is that Tottenham and Leicester don't have double game weeks. Mm-hmm. So there will need to be a shift at some point. Payet does have double game weeks, but will be missing match week 35. So th- this is this is what we've been talking about kind of all show on and off, except for when we're talking about basketball and musicals. Um, but uh, this is why we're saying week to week versus large picture are two very different things so while that midfield is you know formidable it's also limited towards the back end of the season once we hit those double game weeks so just kind of keep your eye on those and uh, see how that goes but anyway yeah I think my two moves this week will be Cedric to Jan Mott and Silva to Firmino then I have plenty of money in the bank to bring in Vardy, and if I sold somebody else at a high price, could probably even get in Lukaku for that end run that we keep talking about. Will be mm-hmm. so sweet those last three or four weeks. Yeah, 
And I'm just probably bringing in Bellerin for Dan this week. That's just my one move. Uh, just this is a complete set me up for week 34 because uh, I need a double defender there. So I'll have Bellerin and Cresswell on the double that week. Um, <clears throat> yep, that's all I'm doing. I like the call for Yan Matt. I, I, if, if I wasn't scared to take a minus four, I'd bring him in and get rid of my gut call with Adam Smith where I was trying to be different than everybody yeah. else bringing in that Charlie Daniels. Um, yeah, but my one transfer this week is Bellerin for Dan uh, only because of the double. Everybody's going to own him, so I'm trying to keep up with the Joneses or the Bellerins. <laughs> Keeping um, up with the Bellerins. I think we just found our title. <laughs> um, all right. So on to captaincy. I'm having a hell of a week trying to decide what to do. I currently have it on Sigurdsson. Mares and Kane both have very favorable matchups that I could shift to. I, I, I think you have. Do you have all three of those at the moment? Ali, Sigurdsson. I'm sorry. Sigurdsson, uh, Sigurdsson Kane, and Mares and Kane. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have all three. So what what are you going to do? Because that's tough. And I'm not going Aguero again. He burned me last week, and I kind of hate him at the moment. I'm throwing my triple captain on Fabianski. No, nice. Um, <laughs> you know, I'd probably look at uh, Kane. I think Kane would probably get the nod for me. Um, Bournemouth likes to likes to be offensive with the defenders, and I think that plays right into Spurs' counterattack. Kane is not playing to get today from from I heard from a Spurs insider. Mm. Um, yeah, he's he's probably getting sat as and uh, Erickson and Dembele are definitely sitting. I can't see Ali playing then either. So mm. I think I, we're going to see a Josh Onoma game here. Oh, dude, I love Josh Onoma though. Like I saw people like giving him crap against Dortmund. It's mm-hmm. like really nineteen playing one of the top five teams in Europe, and yeah. uh, <laughs> oh, it was awful. <laughs> okay, yeah. but I, I I can see a lot of people this week going going with Aguero in in the the city in the uh, Manchester Derby. derby. Yeah, you know because he he scores a lot more at home. United are okay at defense, you know. Mm. I, but but Sigerson versus Villa is is a tempting play. But I th- I think you got to stick with what you know the 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 chalk and go with Kane against yeah. Bournemouth. It's a good it's a better good enough to fixture that he could probably score uh, multiple. So yeah, a- any shout for Mara's against Palace? You know, Palace is is blah. Dot com. <laughs> they, <laughs> they are. Just, they Nine just goals have conceded in the last four. Yeah, they just are nothing. I just, th- I think the thing with Leicester is I'm kind of off of. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm for Leicester. I want them to win the league and and all that. But from from them from an offensive perspective for the rest of the year, they they look like a one and done one goal scored one one and done team. The rest that's of what the they've done. Their last three wins have all been by one goal. They seem like they're a score one. Play moderately okay on defense and hope and pray we get away with at least a tie. Yeah, hope hope that the, a couple balls hit the post because I'm pretty sure yeah. that's happened the last three weeks. That's I mean I really I want Leicester to win. It'd be a, a good storyline for the for the premier. Uh, but they look like a, a we're only going to score one goal a game for the rest of the every game. <laughs> yeah, and they have no doubles, so which leads everybody to get off of Leicester eventually. True. All um, right, uh, tell the folks where they can find you. Uh, you could find me at soccer.rasball.com or you can just be lazy and leave off the soccer and just go to rasball.com. I'm littered all over that site. I do baseball, fantasy football, the other fantasy football, and this fantasy football. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Smokey underscore Loogie. That's L-O-O-G-Y. It's a baseball thing. I do bullpens for Rasball. Uh, so if you ever need any advice for relievers, closers, holds leagues, I'm pretty much your guy. Don't listen to anybody else because what they put out is junk. Get Tony Watson. Um, he's amazing. Tony Watson. He's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. You can find me on this podcast. You can find me lurking in my neighbor's tree because she's hot. Um, <laughs> yeah, stalking isn't illegal unless they press charges. Just letting that out, putting that out there for, to all the viewers. Or unless they see you. Exactly. So, camouflage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm Kevin DeVries at Kevroff on Twitter. You can find my writings at TheEaglesBeat.com and PlayTaga.com. Also host the EPL Roundtable, which goes up on Fridays and Mondays. Sorry again for us being a day late, but hopefully uh, you will forgive us and enjoy listening to this. And hopefully I'll have it up before noon, and if not, all that college basketball talk was completely self-serving. But in the meantime, we hope to see you next week. Talk more fantasy. Peace.